Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about the September DLC leaks. These were debunked. This is not going to be any spoilers about anything coming out, so you don't have to worry about that. But I didn't want to read through it and talk about some things, because there have been some things happening in the game as well, maybe related to what might be coming in the summer and September. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. I am usually live on Twitch when these hit the feeds. Say no to rage.com will bring you to my Twitch channel. YouTube, the like button, share button, bell button, all that stuff helps me out. So, the leaks. I'm going to read these to you. I'm going to read through them that's not very long again this was sort of debunked by raid secrets Ginzor a known data miner he seems to know some things as well like background things coming and what's going on he replied to Sweatsickle's tweet almost immediately and was like no this is not legitimate the photo that they use it was called Destiny to Collapse like the name of the DLC or September expansion was going to be called Collapse apparently in the background that image is like a google image search so it's not this is not legitimate at all but i want to read this stuff to you because i do think some of these things are are likely predictions about what's coming because if you kind of watch what's going on in the game and the story and everything with the lore some of these things feel like low-hanging fruit so the reason why bungie has a skeleton crew working on d2 right now is due to them working on both the matter ip and the upcoming d2 fall expansion collapse the expansion has been in the works for some time now around two years and was originally planned to be part of destiny 3 before being retooled midway through development Collapse is the big one. Story-wise, focuses on the arrival of the pyramids. It's a very big Forsaken-esque expansion that is nearly a game into itself. Darkness will finally be the main villain, front and center of the expansion. Interesting character from what I've seen. It takes the form of a very ghostly veiled woman. Same look as the statue in the period. It has a nickname uh, throughout the Collapse the winnower. So the winnower has been mentioned before, so that, you know these people are claiming that like that's what's coming. The expansion focuses around two destinations, Europa and the Finality, a massive city inside the winnower's core, winnower's core pyramid, originally depicted in a D2 vanilla concept art. So that right there to me is one of the dead giveaways that they're just kind of pulling at strings that they know are there. They're referencing things that we know about and then being like, oh, you can see this in, into, you know, concept art. Again, that to me is kind of a telling sign that it isn't real. They're, they're, this all sounds good and I actually think some of this is going to happen. I do think the pyramid ships are going to come back. I do think we're going to end up on, potentially, I think Europa is going to play a role. Titan's going to play a role. But I, so, I think some of this is just guessing in the dark. Uh, a huge focus focus on darkness abilities, new darkness subclasses. This is where you lose me almost immediately. People have predicted darkness subclasses for a very long time, and every time there's a leak, somebody claims darkness subclasses. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, I don't know. This has been leaked, you know, quote unquote, leaked numerous times. Kalis, Marasov, and Eris Morn are significant presidents throughout. Uh, another big takeaway are the Veil, essentially a long-rumored race that's been in development for a while, got leaked by Shadow of Anon the Nine, again, uh, mostly from concept work. Again, they're referencing something. It's like when an article references another article written by the same person. It's like, okay, come on. You're, you're referencing something that's already kind of been out as proof that this is coming. Another big takeaway, I'm sorry, the Veil are the first new truly alien enemy race. They have a very H.R. Giger. If you know, he's like the concept artist of the Xenomorphs for you know, aliens. Uh, ghostly aesthetic um, to them. The pick related is an extremely old D1 concept. Again, more old concept art. Uh, the Veil vale has the most new units out of any race, and they have an earthly golem creature that's like the standout large thing. It's been revealed, it'll be revealed two months out from now in June, and the storyline is intended to segue right into Destiny 3. So, I, 
again oh is it geiger sorry dude i don't give a frick um like forsaken the collapse will have a flagship raid revolving around a descent into the winnower's winnower's domain so again this has all been largely debunked by people like ginzor by people on like raid secrets um so and somebody in chat saying it's already bs they hired uh, you know they hired for their new ip separately they did they like they hired separately for the new ip so it's not like people that were working on destiny are suddenly working on the new ip so that's another sort of mistake in the leak that it's clearly somebody claiming to have inside information that doesn't because that's not how they're building the new ip they were actually hiring new folks for it so it almost sounds too good to be true that doesn't mean it's not but come on i was like this just sounds exactly like what everybody wants you're sort of writing fan fiction you're sort of writing Writing, you're speaking to the to the choir. You're preaching to the choir. People are like, "This is what we want to see," and I, I just, I don't think that anybody would could take it seriously, you know, because of some of the things. And then the artwork was basically debunked. So anytime you're going to do a leak and you're going to try and attach it to artwork, there was another one that hit Reddit this morning called Destiny Two Salvation that got deleted almost immediately. It was debunked. It was like this is all fake. So to me, the darkness subclasses also have been leaked like four times. Pyramid ships is what I want to talk about, though. That was low-hanging fruit. Everybody knows Everybody knows that the pyramid ships are on the way. Everybody knows that the pyramid ships have been pressing. And then just this week, if you go down into the bunker, the pyramid ships have moved along, you know, the dots. So I want to talk about that next. They are they are clearly part of the developing story. They're on the way. We had that scene with Zavala recently down in the bunker where all of a sudden he gets like a memory of the collapse and Rasputin was there and the pyramid ships are in this little projection and they're also being tracked by Rasputin and they're getting closer. People have added up the space on the board and how soon they will get here. It looks if they, if the lights move in the bunker every week the pyramid ships are likely to arrive right at the end or right after the end of this season. There's a couple of different images floating around that have spaced it differently, but it does look to be if they move every week, they're going to get here. They're going to get to Titan around the time that this season is ending, which is right in line with what, you know, some of the stuff that we've heard. To me, the summer is supposed to be like no other time in Destiny. Like, no other time in Destiny, that's what the summer is supposed to be. So when I think about this, I don't know if Bungie intended it to be about the story or about the game itself. I think it might be a little bit of both. That these guys show up in the summer, I don't see us, I don't see us getting a... Uh, a, a new a new place to go like Europa there's two different leaks now that claim we're going to Europa I mean I could definitely see Europa coming in it seems like some of these might be genuine leaks that people are trying to piece together so oh we're going to Europa and then they add a bunch of bullcrap in between but like Europa's true so whenever it comes out they're like yeah see we were right about Europa um so, so I could, I could definitely envision it landing that way. That in the summer they show up and things start to change, whether whether planets start to get terraformed or partially destroyed or added onto or expanded the way they expanded on the moon. Because people are like, well, maybe they're going to destroy Titan. I don't know if making all of the vanilla planets free changes sort of some of the 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 legality about consumer protection law. Like, oh, well, we paid for Destiny and these planets were marketed when we bought Destiny and you can't change them, take them away or delete them. They might have some freedom and some loopholes now that they made all of those pieces of content free. After a year, they might have free reign on it. I don't know. It seemed strange to me. 
that last minute they shoved in the Dreaming City and Tangled Shore in the everything is free. It was like everything from year one is free and then you had to buy year two. And then they muddied those waters. It was like, well, you can get year two like Forsaken Planets and they shoved those into the free to play package. So I don't know if we're all if we're all agreeing to new you know terms and conditions and now that all these planets are free, they might have more freedom to do things with them. I don't think that they should just start deleting planets, but I'm saying they may have the freedom to start deleting or really, really dramatically changing planets, and the pyramid ships could be the beginning of that. What does this mean about Savathun is kind of my last question. Savathun's been lingering as well out on the horizon, constantly being mentioned, and we sort of get her mentioned anew in Shadowkeep. There's the end of the strike where Eris Morn says she's gathering her strength, and then she says we won't know her next move until she makes it. She's basically telling Zavala, we need to be ready, she's gathering strength. Now, I don't know if that's related to the pyramid ships, or if that's completely related to the storyline of the darkness and the dreadnought, uh, and her wanting to avenge orcs or something. Maybe she wanted us to kill orcs. There's always that likelihood that, like, Eris is a double agent, and she's working for us and Savathun, where when she says at the end of the Taken King, you know, the Guardian was the key, you were right, my queen, like... Maybe she, we were unseating Oryx for Savathun. Maybe Eris is a triple agent. Maybe she's doing work for us and Savathun, and she's tricking Savathun. Maybe the only way to eliminate Savathun is to trick her, get her to ascend to the Hive Throne, and then we're going to go defeat her the same way we defeated Oryx. I don't know. But I do think Savathun and the Dreadnought is looming on the horizon. You know, Luke Smith indicated that when the Light of the Traveler hit all those planets, it hit Mercury, Mars, Reef, then the Dreadnought. That was the order of the DLC. The Moon kind of jumped in line. So I still think they have plans to bring the Dreadnought back as a, as a patrollable area and part of a DLC and have it be centered around Sabathun. Does that mean the ships jump in line? Maybe Savathun shows up in September while we're distracted with the ships. Maybe because we're distracted with the pyramid ships, Savathun's able to do more under, you know, without our detection because we might have to like tap Eris on the shoulder to help us out with the pyramid ships. We also don't know what the frick Eris did at the end of Shadowkeep when she went into that veiled statue and like absorbed the power in her little stone thing. So there's all kind of things that could come from this. I think the leak pulled from very easy predictions about the pyramid ships are coming, they're going to change the state of the game and the change in state of the narrative, and that's going to ultimately lead to I think bigger things in September and beyond, but I don't know what order all this is going to happen in. We'll have to continue to watch those pyramid ships on the little dot the little little dots on the on the board. So we're going to go to Q&A next. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at SayNoToRage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A that followed my talk about the September DLC leaks that were on 4chan. They pretty much got debunked, so you're not going to really hear spoilers in this Q&A session. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at SayNoToRage.com. I'm almost always live when these hit the feeds, so you can come in and hang out with us. YouTube, like, share, subscribe, the bell button, all those things are super, super helpful to me. So we're going to go through 
the questions now. Also, if you like listening to this as an audio format podcast, you can look up SNTR Presents virtually everywhere that there are podcasts and you'll find all these episodes there. They usually are a little staggered. We talk about it live. It hits YouTube, then it hits audio. So it's slightly staggered. It's better than it used to be. It's only staggered by about a day or two now. They used to be staggered by about a week because I was creating too much content. So, Laws 26. Hey, Lono, do you think Bungie could employ a smaller studio to help create content and update the game? We've been getting this question a lot, and I I definitely think this is in the cards. The biggest challenge is likely that they would have to train them. So I don't think that they're... This is not something that is foreign to them, so I wouldn't think that they're opposed to it. It's a question of who could they get... And how long would it take them to become familiar with, you know, the way that the way that Destiny is developed? Uh, Vaxler. Bungie st- uh, stated that the summer of 2020 would be like no other time in Destiny. Do you think that this, in conjunction with the Pyramid arrival being faster than we thought, could mean that Bungie is dropping this year's big expansion differently? We just said this in the interim, so I'm going to repeat some things that you guys in the live in the live stream heard a lot, but I'm going to repeat some stuff that people listening to the podcast haven't heard yet i have made some predictions that i feel a smaller team a smaller pve team worked on season of the worthy if you look at the repurposed legendary law sectors and the public events and how it feels a lot thinner than season of dawn i feel like they may have sliced some people off to bolster the summer I also feel that they're not going to put a ton of eggs in the basket of a $10 season. However, they could make some pretty tectonic shifts and changes to the game as a sort of part one of part two. September could be the quote-unquote part two. So the summer season could be sort of linked arm-in-arm with September to set up September to be even bigger and better. Because when they were building Shadowkeep, you got to keep this in mind. When they were building Shadowkeep, they had help with other things. They could offload bandwidth to High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions. Whatever they're building right now for September, whatever they've been building for September, they can't do that. They can't offload work onto other companies. If they're doing that, we're not aware of those relationships right now. So as far as we know, everything we get from here on out is almost 100% on Bungie's development bandwidth. So they might have said the best way to set up a DLC yearly expansion to be bigger, more bolstered and more substantive is we should start using the summer season as a tee off to September. So they could do some pretty big and significant things in the summer to set things up and give good traction to whatever they drop in September. So they're not so siloed from each other. Does that make sense? Right now, the seasons feel very siloed from each other. It's like we went from a, a season of the worthy. We had obelisks. We had the the sundial. We were doing all that. That stuff goes away, and now we have this stuff. So nothing that we did last season is bolstering this season's PVE, except for obviously we got Saint and Trials of Osiris, but we, they could have done that with Osiris. They didn't need us to go rescue Saint for that to happen. Does that make sense? Like they didn't make changes to the world, the, the the they didn't make changes to the planets or the strikes or anything last season to set up this season. It's kind of siloed from the previous season. So they could do something like that. That's sort of my my just off the cuff theory of what might be going on. And here's why I think this. I just can't see Bungie allocating a ton of development and substance and depth to a $10 season because they don't make as much money off of that and less people buy it. 
they make more money and I think more people buy the annual expansion. September's just a great time for them. It, it tends to be, you know, a good a good rhythmic thing where people anticipate. Look at all we've ever gotten, right? We got Taken King, Rise of Iron, Forsaken, Shadowkeep. They have set a precedence that September, well, October for Shadowkeep, that's a good time for Destiny players. So I don't think they're going to shove a bunch in the summer and be like, oh man, we really tipped the scales here. I think that September is always the, the, the crown jewel of the year and they'll use the summer to maybe set that up. I'm just trying to set expectations here. I don't think the summer is going to be like a mini DLC. I think significant cool things will happen. They'll be almost like tectonic beneath the surface things to shift things around and get things ready for September. That's just sort of my, you know, 30,000 feet. What's Bungie typically do prediction thought and theory about where we may be going? Hockey Dan. Do you think with the current world events happening that we should expect any kind of fall DLC to be pushed back? I think the summer is more under threat than than the fall. I think they have more time to make adjustments internally for efficiencies and timing and deadlines. They have more cushion, right? September's further away. I could see September get pushed to October again, you know, just because of loss of efficiency. I think summer is more under threat than September because they have less time. They were probably in the throes of development, testing, and and polishing for summer when all this happened. Now, I'm sure they've recovered. I'm sure they've recovered. I'm sure they're doing well. I mean, somebody even said this morning, maybe they're getting, maybe they're more efficient. You know, it's less likely for them to, like, take a break and go water cooler it up. I mean, again, I I don't want to act like them being at home isn't going to have any effect at all. It likely will. I would say summer is under more of a shadow of the work from home situation than September. I could be wrong. The departments working on September could be larger and struggling more to make this work. Or as I said, they have more time to adapt and be like, okay, we have new you know, best practices and new ways of getting through our meetings and making sure everything's going forward. We we have more time to, you know, kind of shift those things around to make sure September happens on time. Aaron Kill. Dark subclasses always get traction when leaks come up. Do you have any hopes to see them in the future? Not in Destiny 2, I don't know. Listen, there's another leak that we talked about, the Stasis, new subclass, Stasis, and it's going to be like Ice. If that has any semblance of truth to it, I would put my chips on the table and say that's going to be a new attunement or some form of an augment to the arc subclass. It's bl- it's it's blue and you could use electricity to achieve forms of like stasis like holding things in place with like electrical fields. So maybe they start augmenting our subclasses with new attunements, digging into what's existing rather than creating something brand new. To create three stasis ice subclasses isn't it wouldn't work unless they're going to do it and then like trickle out the attunements because right now we have three attunements per subclass you have nine different attunements per character think about that you have three arc three solar three void that's nine just on like a hunter so this what is that 27 total attunements across the board that that you can pick from 27 attunements right now are they suddenly going to add nine more three you know three per class i don't know I, th- that 
that in number one ice i just really don't see ice being in the game now the, the leak called it stasis and then they put in parentheses ice again you could achieve an ice like sort of frozen in time effect with electricity and calling it stasis would fit i think there could be an incoming augment and an, like a new attunement for solar that would maybe bring the decay that we've been talking about. Decay being the weaker nuclear power in the universe of Destiny, and it, it would be more of a like damage over time, you know, burning effect style of subclass. It would make be making things decay. We always thought a decay subclass would be green and almost poison based, but still, I I don't know. I think it's incredibly unlikely that dark subclasses are coming anytime soon. But let me say this. We know with Luke Smith's past and his idea about like meaningful choices and playing WoW and stuff, he may see an opening here to bring the pyramid ships and everything gets flipped on its head and all of a sudden, all of our subclasses have like dark versions. Does that make sense? So they could invert invert the entire universe everything could change there it, it would almost be like the, the the king of all reskins that that's a possibility that they go in and they're like yep all your classes are dark classes now there's everything looks different and feels different and has different attributes because we're the pyramid ships coming and flip the whole world upside down because look at what happens at the end of shadow keep that guy from the pyramid ship looks like us Maybe they maybe there's some alternate universe that we suddenly tap into or something. And the inversion of solar would be ice, right? So maybe that is maybe there is some truth to the stasis ice subclass. Again, maybe these are just little nuggets people are getting from leaks and they're trying to like, oh, there's gonna be a new subclass called stasis. It's gonna be ice. It could be an inversion of solar. I I don't know, man. I don't know. Would they do that in a summer DLC? Would they? I don't know, for $10? Are they going to do all that? But, as I said a little bit ago, what if the summer sets that up for September? So then when they start promoting September, it's all new subclasses, all new Destiny, you know, Destiny, the Dark World. Like, I don't know, everything's different. I don't see them doing that for 10 but as I said a little bit ago, I could see the summer and September linking arm in arm and helping support each other as opposed to being siloed off from each other and then the $40 DLC just has to stand on its own Captain Teach do you think that Bungie relied on Activision and their studio resources was a significant part of the QA testing team and that is why the game has become not, uh, has become less stable in year 3 there's no way for me to know if this is the cause or if just the lack of bandwidth is the cause, right? Think about it. If they have less bandwidth, whatever they hand to their QA and testing departments, they could be handing them closer to launch date. So now the testing window has shrunk. Why? Well, they have less bandwidth. So their deliverable to the testing team takes longer. It could be that. Loss of bandwidth could be leading to that. It could be what you're saying. Maybe they just leaned on High Moon and Vicarious Visions to be like, well, we don't really have anything for you guys to build right now, but can some of your guys do some QA and testing for us? It's six of one half a dozen of the other. The loss of bandwidth has clearly resulted in quality going down. Unfortunately, this is probably the buggiest time. The most error codes, the most bugs, the most needed disabled, you know, items. In the history of Destiny, it has never, ever, ever been this bad. That's not me being hyperbolic. That's a fact. It has never been this bad. It was I mean, it was, it was bad. It, it's it's 
beavers and glitches and bugs and disconnect i have never had the full game crash on me i mean a crash a frozen screen i gotta open up task manager and force quit the game that happened to me yesterday okay this is it and then there were rollbacks yeah there were rollbacks there there are uh there's a lot going on what's the cause I would say we can zoom out and you and me can both be right. Loss of bandwidth has led to a lower quality assurance. Whether it's because that team was doing it or now Bungie just takes longer to deliver things so the QA teams they have now get a shorter window for testing, I don't know. Thick Honker, what a name. Do you think D1 year 3 was in a better state than D2 year 3? Okay, so D2 this is a tough one. D2 year 3 is Shadowkeep, Dawn, and now. D1 year 3? Oh, come on. This isn't even a fair comparison. Rise of Iron was great, but then we literally got nothing until Age of Triumph. I don't think so. I think people look back on year 3 Destiny 1 with rose-colored glasses. Trials turned into an absolute freaking disaster with sidearms and fusion grenades and icebreaker. It was awful. Trials was in a freaking shambles. There was no PvE content. We had Age of Triumph, which... I think disproportionately looked amazing because you had streamers like myself and Slayer Rage and then you had like the leaders of the directory, some of the larger streamers. There was stuff to do every week then. Raiding was great. They could raid with viewers. They could laugh. They could do weird challenges and stuff. And I, I, I think that created this disproportionate amount of praise for year three. Was year three good? Yes. Was it the promised land that we remember? I don't think so. I think it was I think it was a lukewarm glass of water on a hot, dry desert day. We had nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, rise of iron, right? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh gosh, age of triumph. But I wonder, I wonder if that shaded our memory. We're more we're more favorable in our memory of those times because we felt like they almost saved us from like death. And now we're like spoiled. It's like every couple of months there's a new activity and new loot to chase, and you're like, eh. I don't really care. <laughs> it was like my friend who had every Ninja Turtle toy growing up. He had every single one. He lost the he lost their 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 weapons, he lost their accessories, because he didn't care. He had every Ninja Turtle. I had a handful of toys and superheroes, and I man, I took care of those things. I cherished them. And so I think the rhythm of content being delivered is just, in some respects, it's just really spoiled us. Back then it was like, nothing, nothing, nothing. And you know what that does? Oh, think about this. In the absence of content, your brain doesn't have any negative memories because you either weren't playing or you were just playing the same thing over and over again. Think about that. You have almost no negative brain waves and, and memories and pathways from those times because you weren't playing. There's no memories. There's just these big gaps. So you remember Rise of Iron. Ooh, Wrath. Yeah. Gap. Nothing. Almost no memories. Or you're just grinding out raids with your buds, right? And then Age of Triumph. Yeah. Now it's like we're, we're constantly in the game. We're constantly playing. And we're combing over like non-substantive content that's meant to keep the game alive. And we're like, all this content sucks. And we're comparing it against the memory of boom, Rise of Iron. What is this? Season of Dawn. What the f- Sundial. This is boring. 
and in your mind the only thing you have to compare it to are those pathways and memories of rise of iron age of triumph you don't compare it to the drought because you weren't playing in the drought like that's essentially what's going on i think i've never thought about it in this way but it's like you don't have memories to compare it to so it's like you're like yeah it was so much better that back then but you're like okay but these giant gaps in your memory don't count i guess how many days did you not boot up Destiny? How many days did you did you just not really do anything in the game? So you have no negative memories back then because you just were not engaging with the game. And now you're engaging with the game at a more regular rhythm. And you're just like, you're creating all these negative memories of Destiny right now that are largely, in many respects, maybe even unfair to the content because it's not meant to be consumed eight hours a day. It's meant to be consumed as a live service, more hobbyist style game. If you, if you could go back and truly remember what it was like to get absolutely nothing and compare that to getting things to do and log in and chase, maybe you might think differently about the content. But it's like, you're comparing, right? Well, the only way to compare is to compare to actual content. So you're like, Season of Dawn, well, what do I have to compare this to? And back back then, that timeline after Rise of Iron, Season of Dawn, you're comparing to literally nothing. It's crickets. It's a, it's a tumbleweed going by. So what's your brain do? You go to the next thing that you can remember, which would have been Rise of Iron. You back up the clock, and you're like, well, this is so boring. I remember playing so much more back then. Your brain doesn't have anything to grab onto, so it just grabs onto Rise of Iron, which is an unfair comparison. A $35 expansion with a new location, new activities, a new raid, and you're like, oh, Season of Dawn's weak as frick. Bring, bring the clock forward. Season of the Worthy. You go back and try to remember. In March and April, in January, February, March, and April of that year after Rise of Iron, what do you have to compare this to? Literally nothing a wasteland of tumbleweeds so what's your brain do you go to your memories of playing and you're like i was so much better back then yeah you're all you're comparing it to something that was that that isn't a fair comparison you're comparing it to rise of iron when the last time you were probably playing a substantive amount of hours which would have been in the first month or two of rise of iron Uh, age of triumph wasn't age of triumph in the summer or did it land in april it might have landed in april i can't remember when age of triumph started I genuinely think we just kind of broke down and psychologized why so many people forget that you're never truly making a comparison because you're comparing something to a non-memory. There is no memory of like you playing a bunch in December or January because you probably weren't or you were playing very little, you would log in and do raids and that's it. You don't really remember that because that wasn't like you weren't clocking in a bunch of hours. You like do your raids and kind of like put the game down. I'm telling you, I'm breaking it down right now. That's why. That is that is that is why. You don't remember a drought because there was nothing to remember. There there's nothing to remember. Bungie, you know, ironically enough, if Bungie would have done like little measly updates back then, I don't I think people would remember like, "Oh, dude, do you remember their their winter season?" Yeah. They put like snow in the strikes. That's it. Yeah. There's no new content. It was so lame. Oh, this winter season is so much better. But you can't make that comparison, so you don't have anything to compare it to. So people just make false comparisons all the time. 
I've literally had people get lost in the weeds of the seasonal DLC comparison, you know, discussion, and they will invoke, they will literally invoke Rise of Iron and, and, and Taken King. Why? They don't remember that there weren't seasons back then. They don't remember. They're just like, yeah, that was so much better. Like, what? You're, you're not even comparing the right thing. You got to compare the seasonal format to Warmind and Osiris. Like, n- not, not Taken King and Rise of Iron. Um, DWS Foreign, I missed your Prime sub. Uh, thank you so much for that. Enjoy the dope badge, the emotes, and the ad-free viewing. Um, we are closing on a house tomorrow, so I am just double-checking to make sure this was not like an actual call. Um, it doesn't look like it was an actual call or a voicemail or anything. Okay. <clears throat> You have to realize it was fun to go back to to go to play Crucible or Strikes for loot. I I don't I again, that's just selective memory. There was nobody back then logging in in December and January in large numbers and just running strikes and Crucible. And if you were you were literally playing old content. So you're you're going to defend that. You can run old content now to your freaking heart's content tons of strikes with more dynamics and 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 more variety than the strikes back then the strikes in d1 go run the strikes in d1 and then come talk to me dude there was not much going on shield brothers and a la cool are fantastic but most of strikes mm, that strike playlist is it's pretty basic dude compare the strikes we have now there's a lot going on they're actually pretty dynamic you're hopping on your sparrow there's lasers circling that like there's tanks the strikes now have so much more going on than the strikes in d1 they did refresh some of the strikes with siva i'll admit that but again that didn't last you throughout the drought again that's just selective memory you're forgetting that by the time you got to December, January, and February, you were probably barely playing the game. Or if you were, guess what you had to do? You had to retread Rise of Iron. Imagine doing that this last January and December. Instead of playing in Season of Dawn, imagine being like, well, we'll just have to go back and rerun Shadowkeep stuff because there's nothing new. Envision doing that. Like, that's what you were doing. There wasn't anything else to do. So sure, you might have been going and running. At least they had specific loot. What what a bond in the in the in the in the um Sepix perfected strike? A bond? What what was the other one? <laughs> Imago loop. Yeah, I went for Imago loop. That's true. But again. You have to remember, if you're going to do a, do a true comparison, that means that when January and December rolled around, if you were doing that in D1, that means I don't get Season of Dawn. I'm going all the way back to Shadow Keep and rerunning that content. And you're like, well, at least it had strike-specific loot. Okay, okay. Push pause. When Season of Dawn landed, we got 26 new weapons. Rise of Iron, you're running to like, what, two or three weapons that you could go grind strikes for and you're acting like that's some enduring value point that is better than Season of Dawn? You're losing, again, you're losing your grip on the comparison. You're getting lost in the weeds. You're having to run back. So let's just stop then. 
I'll delete Season of Dawn from your game and from your memory, and I'll put strike-specific loot in Shadowkeep. Would you be happy with that? Would that be enough to carry you through? No! You want to take an entire season, like, it's just not as good as a couple of guns and some strikes, Lono. Strike-specific loot. So I'll take Season of Dawn away from you, I'll give you strike-specific loot, and then you can play Shadowkeep until April. You wouldn't have wanted to do that. There's no way you would have wanted to do that. I would trade the quantity we have now for better quality content. But are you going to argue that Rise of Iron brought that in enduring six months worth of content? Did it? What was it? Two new strikes, the Plague Lands, a raid, and Archon's Forge. Shadowkeep brought the moon, an expanded moon, two new strikes, a raid, and a dungeon. Shadowkeep, in many respects, is bigger and better than Rise of Iron. We've had this discussion before. There's aspects of Shadowkeep that are bigger and more expansive and more substantive than Rise of Iron. Trials was better? Yeah, that's debatable. People complained about Trials every week. I hate this map. The meta sucks. I, that's just so subjective. The end game was definitely better. Uh, you're living in a dream world, dude. You're living in a dream world. Eugene, now you're talking... What are you talking about? We're comparing Rise of Iron and Dawn that followed it. You loved Dawn. You grinded for all the guns in Dawn. You were just in here the other day defending Dawn. Now, if you want to talk about the season that we're in right now and how it's thinner and it's not as substantive, we can have that conversation. But what we did back then... There was nothing else to do, so you went and grinded for an Imago loop. You went and grinded for a Grasp of Malak, and then what'd you do with it? What content did you play with it? What? Was there difficulty spectrum in the Nightfalls? No. What were you doing with that? What were you doing with those guns? Rerunning Wrath? For what? This, the Nano Phoenix? One ship? This again is just selective memory. We're gonna act like Rise of Iron had this enduring eternal value when like it had nothing so you lived in one activity <laughs> you got your valent drop oh nice wheezy I got somebody working on trying to get one for me um, at the company I'm moving on we've had this debate before I'm not going to wear myself out saying things to people again we don't compare the content now fairly we compare the content now to false like to unfair memories it's like i remember rise of iron being great yeah that was september and october when it was at its peak for you so you can't really compare january and december season of dawn to rise of iron you have to compare january and december season of dawn to january and december of drought nothing nobody nobody that i've ever debated with this makes a fair comparison there was nothing. There was nothing new. There was no new activities. There was nothing going on. Droughts don't create memory. So you have no no comparisons to make. So we all jump to these false conclusions like, oh, it was so much better back then. No. Don't don't it's just so unfounded. Anybody any anytime anybody tries to make this argument. At this point I was playing Age of Triumph and Rise of Iron more. Yeah, but again, that is a small slice of the community. They were feeding the top 10% with Age of Triumph. Age of Triumph was literally content that we already owned. Brand, it was free, and they just they, they added challenges, and the armor was dope, but it was just a bunch of reskin for the top 10% of the community. 
you can't say that that's better for the game, the better for the engagement, and that's the proper model going forward. You were just enjoying it more. It's like the restaurant's menu only having beef. You're like, oh, it was so much better back then. Now the menu's more diverse and you're upset because there's not nine different cheeseburgers. It's like, well, come on. Of course, everything was catered to your palate back then. Of course you thought it was better. If you were an endgame grinder, if you were a raider, Age of Triumph was literally the best time ever. And then 90% of the community's like, we got nothing. (laughs) Like, they got nothing. Again, it's a drought. It's just this giant vacant drought. No memories created for those players. Mr. Coos, if they do bring the darkness in this fall's DLC, what do you think that they will do for the eventual D3? How will we go from the threat of the darkness to, oh no, another fallen house has risen? Well, you're assuming that it'll be, there'll be a culmination with the darkness. I mean, somebody even said this morning, what if Eris has been doing this this entire time to unseat Oryx, to make room for Savathun, to unseat Savathun, so Eris becomes the Taken Queen? Like, she could become a bigger and worse threat than anybody we've ever faced because she doesn't, she wouldn't live according to Hive logic. She wouldn't be constrained by that. She would have all the knowledge she's acquired, all the things that she's known. She absorbs some power from the pyramid ships. Like, there could be, they could continue this story for forever. She could become our main, you know, our main enemy in the next game. The stranger could show back up and be like, we're in a time war. The Vex have been building, you know, the infinite forest they, they can always like pull back a veil that we didn't know was there and be like yeah you thought the infinite forest was a crazy simulation that they were doing to test out the future no the vex have actually been simulating time and time traveling for centuries and maybe that's who the stranger's been at war with there's all kind of things they could just pull out and do small king uh what do you want to see happen in the next chapter of Destiny? I'm not going to answer that. I don't really have any. De- I don't have any desires about that. I I never make a laundry list of what I want to see happen. I thought it was free. Do you agree that September is put up or shut up for indie Bungie? I've gotten these questions for five years, and I always say the same thing. This is never the situation and destiny 2 vanilla prove that there's no put up or shut up there's no if they don't do this it's over this is this type of questioning has been around since the dawn of destiny 1 and i answer it the same way every time like this game will die when bungie decides to pull the plug there is no make or break moments now there are moments that if not handled properly hurt the player base numbers like oh i don't know the launch of trials hasn't gone that well Does that mean Trials and PvP is dead in the water? No, it certainly is damage, and the playlist of Trials is certainly on a pathway to dying. It will will have way less engagement. It'll be really hard to get into games, but they can always bring it back from the brink of death. They can can do that. They've done it before. Uh, Do you think that there are any truths in all these leaks? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think they're grabbing very predictable things. They're grabbing very predictable things. And again, they may have some leaks. They may have a couple. Imagine imagine if somebody sent me a leak and said, Hey, Lono. Yeah, in September. Yeah, um, uh, Savathun. Savathun is coming back. Yeah, we're going to fight her in a raid. And that's all I had. I could create an account. I could go to Reddit. I could write up some big post. I could slip that in there. 
And then when it comes true, I can be like, yeah, see? See? I told you. But then the rest of what I say could be completely false. You know? I, it's easy to get like a sliver, like a breadcrumb of a, of a leak, and then be like, yeah, let's write this big, long thing. And then when it comes true, you can be like, yeah, see? Look, we, we got that one right. Also, anybody who's like, dude, did you see the leak? The pyramid ships are on the way. Really, man, that's that's so hard to imagine how you how you how you dreamed that up since there's a bunker in the game tracking their approach. Wow, that's that's uh, that's a tough one. You really you really are um, you really are on the inside of Bungie. I mean, you know what I'm saying? They're they're literally predicting things that have been predicted for months, and now the game is telling us it's coming. Um. Darkness subclasses always come up for leaks. Do you think that this will mean we have to choose your side type of thing? I don't think this is... If there's ever a choose your side, darkness over the light, that won't happen in this game. Maybe the next game. Random user. If the darkness does come in uh, by next season, uh, will we see a smaller planet such as Mercury or Titan being destroyed by the darkness? We've discussed this at length, so I don't want to spend too much time on this. Bungie made the entire game and all of its planets free in October. I don't know if that suddenly is a loophole about like a year later, are they suddenly then able to do whatever they want with those planets? It does seem interesting they shoved Dreaming City and Tangled Shore in at the last minute. It initially was supposed to be all year one content is free all year one planets and then year two it was like a clear divide if you wanted year two you had to buy forsaken it was this clear divide and then last minute they shoved in dreaming city and tangled shore but you couldn't do any of the stuff from forsaken i i don't know if they did that because there's some sort of a loophole of like well yes you paid for dreaming city and tangled shore yes you paid for those planets but we made them free to play and a year later they're no longer considered like part of your purchase they're just part of the world of destiny that you're paying to access or that you paid to get access to now that all of it's been free it could be freed up from you know consumer protection laws about like well you marketed tangled shore dreaming city these planets and blah 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 and we paid for them you can't take them out of the game or change them or you can't delete you know alter them or remove them or blah 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 they might have more freedom now that they've made them all free this is all theory I don't know if they have plans to delete anything I don't know if they have plans to terraform a planet and change it dramatically I have no idea but I do know they suddenly threw in those two planets Tangle Shore and Dreaming City like last minute all of a sudden they were like oh yeah those are free now too and they may have gotten some consultation that said you should make all the planets free because after a year of it being free you could you can then claim it's not a part of purchase anymore it's not protected by consumer you know consumer laws consumer protection laws and therefore you can do with those planets what you will i i can't see them deleting any of the planets i can especially some of the other ones like why would you delete the tangled shore why would you delete the dreaming city why would you do that i do think you could delete the tangled shore I don't think I don't think that would upset people too much. The fanatic strike sucks and why is it still here? We beat the barons. You don't use the baron adventures like at all. You could take that entire place and repurpose it, dress it up, change the way that it looks, call it something else. If you move things around enough so we don't really catch that you've basically repurposed it all. 
Spider is a vendor? Yeah, I mean, you could get him out of there. You could put him somewhere else. Silent Death. Is there anything in the debunked leaks that you would like to actually see happen? Well, sure. I mean, I would love for a lot of those things to happen. A big DLC almost the size of a game. Yeah, that'd be great. Young boy with four months, six months from Seraph. A whole year for Dredge and Dengsu gifted a sub. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not a whole year. That was 12 minutes ago, not 12 months. Thank you for gifting a sub, uh, Dank Zaku. And then walk, uh, Waka with the brand new sub. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes um, and ad free viewing. Uh, Jay Kristoff. By the way, if you guys are enjoying this content, really, really big turnout today. Obviously, people are seeing leaks and they're like, oh my gosh, what's being discussed? We read through the 4chan leaks about September. They've been largely debunked, but we've also made some predictions about what might happen with the pyramid ships in summer and September since the pyramid ships are moving. If you are enjoying this content, uh, the easiest way to support me is to push the follow button. Uh, you can push the follow button and turn on notifications. And you can also follow me on Twitter. Um, that is another easy way to support me so you don't miss this content. I do this every day. Uh, we do a discussion. We do Q&A. I've also launched the split screen, which is a competitive casting desk. I've been covering trials. We did a trials top 10 segment yesterday where we uh, we walked through t- uh, clips submitted by the community. So if you're enjoying your stay here, remember to click follow. That's a great way to support me. Um... Brock Brock Kelly leaks fake but I'd love your take pyramid ships will be here by the end of this season what do you think the summer looks like basically I'm going to give you my cliffs notes Donald Ennett with the five months thank you Um, my cliffs notes is that I think the pyramid ships are going to show up end of this season or the summer and they're going to make tectonic changes to the game and they're going to set things up for September I don't think the summer is going to be insanely substantive I think it will be significant. There's a difference there, right? Substantive would mean like we're getting all these strikes, we're getting crazy awesome activities and tons of loot and da 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 No. I think it'll be another, you know, season with about 30 weapons, a new activity, new things going on, new story, and then maybe they'll update the Trials loot as well to be like Doctrine of Passing and um, the, the second set of armor from D1. And then I think it's going to be significant in what it sets up as almost like a tee-off for September. That's kind of my Cliff's Notes prediction. Jackie Vara. Is it even possible to meet expectations when it comes to the pyramid ships because the coming darkness is the overarching story in Destiny as a whole, and people are very much hyped about that since the Black Heart in D1? I... This is one of those questions that I don't like to answer because you're basically saying, is it even possible to meet expectations? The answer to this question is that I don't know. Everybody always complains no matter what, and that's not me saying that, like, complaints are illegitimate, but, like, generally speaking, no matter what Bungie does, we end up getting to to a point where we're, like, the varnish wears off, and then we have things to complain about. So I really don't know how to answer questions like this. Dark Chemist. To make the game less bloated, uh, like deleting planets, could Bungie release the fall expansion as its own new game and leave behind the vanilla year one content? I really don't think so. I I really, really don't think so. I don't know how you would even do that. That would be so weird. All the strikes, all the activities, the planets, the NPCs, the tower, all of our loot. I don't even know how they would do that from a database perspective. Um... Also, given what we know about their annual releases, the, this other game would be what like one or two locations maybe i don't know i i I highly doubt that 
Waka. Do you think that Bungie is listening and adapting, or do you think that they have a long-term plan that they're sticking to? No, I think it's very clear they are listening and adapting, and I think this stuff gets brushed over, and their listening turns into a meme, but a lot of the pain points and things that we indicated we didn't like in year two, which would be Forsaken, Black Armory, Drifter, and Opulence, that's year two, a lot of those things were addressed in year three leveling is significantly better infusion is way less painful they give you upgrade modules as you level the season pass and the artifact were direct you know responses to us asking for more linear xp based leveling and so i i think they are consistently adapting we wanted bounties they gave us bounties we wanted more intentional and more generous pathways to loot they did that from the lectern to the sundial to the frames this season they have year to year I think answered a lot of what we've said and then as soon as they set their sights on year 4 what did Luke Smith come out and say aspiration is lacking aspiration needs refueled we're going to set our sights on that there's too much FOMO in this model Fear of missing out is what FOMO stands for. There's too much FOMO. We don't like adding content and taking it away. We don't like how that feels. So our feedback is almost immediately... So we get into this year, good changes, we like it, but as the dust settles, we start to complain about certain things, and then Luke Smith writes a director's cut and basically outlines a lot of what we've been saying, and they're setting to, to, to address those things in year four. So I don't think... I really don't think you can look at any of the changes from year two to three and then look at Luke Smith's plans for year four and be like, yeah, they're not listening. Like, the only way you can conclude they're not listening is to bury your head in the sand and just be a Reddit troll. Like, seriously, I know things can get bad and we're unhappy and the cheating sucks, the lack of anti-cheat sucks, and the way they mismanage the tokens and and the incentives and the loot and the lack of adept weapons and trials. All of that sucks. But that doesn't mean they're not listening and making changes and improvements at the, the entire time we've been on this journey with the game. It just, it, it, you can't, everybody everybody that says that, they're not listening, the game sucks, the game's terrible. They'll go to like one or two token things that we know are bad while ignoring the litany of things. I just spent outlining all those things that they've improved and made better and it, they well, it, well, I'm ignore all of that. That's evidence to the contrary of the claim they're not listening. Like, they're not listening. Well, here's evidence contrary to the claim. Well, I'm going to ignore all that, and I'm just going to run to how Trials is in a bad st- is in a bad state. Or, oh, this season's thin. Well, the season being thin doesn't mean they're not listening. It just means that whatever they could give us this season was less for some reason. It's thinner. It's not as, it's not as substantive as the last season. We don't know. That doesn't mean they're not listening. It just means that bandwidth allocation allowed for what we got, and... And it's clear that bandwidth allocation is thin when Dylan is like, we couldn't do ritual weapons this season because we were working on the trials weapons. And when you add up the number of weapons this season and last season, it's basically the same amount of weapons. Um, no mercy with the next question. Do you think that Bungie is aiming at putting in a new super subclass to the game? No, I don't think so. People did the same thing last season. I'm sorry, before Shadowkeep. Before Shadowkeep, people did the same thing. Leaks about new subclasses, and it didn't happen. Is Bungie always making probably... there? Is Bungie testing stuff and theorizing and maybe specking out like, hey, we could do some new subclasses, we could do some at- new attunements? I bet you they are, but that doesn't mean we're getting them anytime soon. It's like when you're hunting for a god role as a streamer, you know? 
you're hunting for a god roll and there's always that guy in chat it's like it's this one dude it's this one I swear to you it's this one and you don't get it and the next time they're like it's this one dude it's this one you're getting it this time and you don't get it and the 19th time they're like oh you're getting it dude it's this one and you get it they're like see I told you I told you you were getting it it's like homie you literally said I was getting it every single time like, uh, uh, you're eventually going to be right by default so that's what's happening now we're going to get new subclasses we're going to get darkness subclasses and we don't uh, we're going to get new subclasses we're going to get darkness subclasses and we don't eventually they're probably going to be right we're probably going to get some sort of new subclass some sort of new powers or something but if you say it for three years you can't be like yep see told you I told you we were getting new subclasses yeah, you literally made the prediction for three freaking years every six months, you know? Uh, Mipsy with the next question. With the pyramids coming closer, do you see a story arc where the Drifter leaves to join them? If so, would it be plausible for Aldrin running the final version of Gambit? I, I can't see why they would do this. I would hate, I would dislike this, by the way. I wouldn't like this. I don't want Aldrin running Gambit. He's too cool for that. And I don't see the Drifter going and teaming up with them. The Drifter knows too much to suddenly just like betray us. He doesn't he doesn't seem like that that's what he would do. Uh Escan. Following Tassie's map, the pyramids would be somewhere by September. How I feel like you're trying to make a joke. How likely is it that we would return to the dreadnought? chilling at Saturn in the next expansion oh I thought you were trying to make a joke I didn't want to read it I was like people try to use the planet name Uranus to like trip you up and I was like are you trying to trip me up here into saying something um I'm not too concerned about the pyramid ships beyond Titan isn't that where they get first don't they get the Titan first I, beyond that I don't think we need to take this to its logical end like yep every every week it's gonna move a little bit more I mean I don't think we need to do go that far with our predictions uh, Sergeant Pevpa. Oh, like Sergeant PVP Pevpa. What about the curse of the Dreaming City and Prince Aldrin and his ghost? We have no idea what's going on with those. We don't. They haven't said anything. Uh, it's pronounced Uranus anyway. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Critterbot. True or not, do you think leaks and speculation like this are good for the health of the community? Maybe good for bringing hype through the drought or bad for setting unrealistic expectations in September well there were people that were like well I bet you Bungie did this Bungie did this to get us all excited I don't think so no they're not going to get you excited about stuff that won't happen oh yeah man new subclasses and then it doesn't happen Like they're not going to do that now I could see Bungie if things get really bad letting like a poster leak or artwork leak I could see that but this level this this level of information no i don't see bungie being like oh no grandmaster nightfalls didn't go over that well and glad's taking a break what do we do get to 4chan i I really just don't think (laughs) i just don't think so that seems comically dumb they wouldn't do that and if they did if there was some like leaker that every once in a while was like throwing us some breadcrumbs uh, they wouldn't go into this detail, dude. They wouldn't. There'd be no reason to go into the detail of new subclasses. Go into detail of saying like it's going to be almost a game in of itself. Ah, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't mean official leaks, but fake leaks. 
Oh, right. I'm off on a tangent, Critter, because people thought that Bungie was doing this. You're saying leaks in general, are they good or are they bad? In one realm, they're good because it gets us talking and it gets us excited about possible things that might happen. And that's just fun as a Destiny player to be like, ooh, what if the pyramid ships do this? Or ooh, what if Eris does that? That's not us getting our get, getting our hopes up in a false way about like, oh, Bungie's definitely going to do this. It's like, ooh, this would be these would be neat things to have happen. Like, we're just getting kind of jazzed as uh, as fans of the game, you know. Now, the false expectations that it could set, and like the rumor mill that 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 probably you know starts to happen where all of a sudden you're playing with your buddy and he's like, well, I heard this and I heard that, and then it doesn't happen, and they're it's hard for sometimes people to divorce what they heard from a leak and what's like legitimately coming from Bungie. So sure, I think it does I think it does hurt a little bit sometimes because you know, little Billy and Jimmy are just playing away and they're like, "Yeah, I heard that this is going to happen." And then it doesn't happen. They're like, "Yeah, typical Bungie, you know, setting expectations and not meeting them." And little did they realize they were buying into some rumor from a 4chan fan fiction post that they thought was going to really happen. rip title what are your thoughts on the drifter lore wise i think he's cool i i you know it'd be cool to have him do more stuff and be more prominent i kind of like him i like the voice actor too when will Aldrin come back i have no idea um i messed something up there we go uh dub dubnificent how much longer do you think bungie can leave so many story threads hanging before people grow disinterested this is another one of those questions that doesn't really have an answer. I don't think people would ever be like, yeah, I don't care about Destiny anymore. You know, if they're, if they're consistently moving, you know, if they're consistently moving the story forward, I think people are generally usually pretty interested. I skipped one. Oh, could Guardian Games be a test of Guardian versus Guardian content for potential light versus dark? No, I don't think so. From what we from what we have um, gathered, I don't think that that's going to be uh, a thing. Sorry, I did skip Fearless Leader's question. Salem, do you think that we will ever see Siva again considering the traces of the sword inside Exodus Black? I mean, and then they got stuff in the Eververse. It seems like Siva might be uh, around the corner. I don't know how they would include it in everything that they're doing with Savathun looming around the corner, with the pyramid ships looming in the, around the corner. I mean, maybe Rasputin harnesses the power of Siva and we start to, oh, that'd be so cool, wouldn't it? What if the pyramid ships show up and our, our only our only best weapon against them is Siva and Rasputin opens up his stores and we suddenly start using Siva weapons against these against these enemies to like infect them and stuff that'd be kind of cool again i don't know if they would want to bring it back and if they do bring it back you know and then that could set off a chain of events that could make things worse like we're going to like Rasputin could make predictions and say if we do this we can beat the pyramid ships but then we're going to make all these other problems too but that's better than dying to the pyramid ships um next question Jinja with the pyramid ships being the big focus now this season how do you think the fell winter stuff that's supposedly coming in May will fit in I have no idea I really don't um Zorian do you think Microsoft would be open to providing one of their studios to help Bungie uh with Destiny like Vicarious Visions did I think that you know as I was saying the other night on the the Rageless Roundtable that I could see Bungie hiring a company to build Destiny 3 in a new engine and then that would kick off Destiny 3 into 
a context where they have another partner like they had with Vicarious Visions. So they would kick off Destiny 3 with a development partner and they would have this development partner that built the engine, built the dev tools, got the game up and running and ready to go and slowly trained and acclimated Bungie employees to working in that in that. And then that would kick them off into, hey, now we can offload bandwidth on this company. Of all the places that I think could do it, I think it could be Microsoft. The most likely candidate would be Microsoft. Phil Spencer, when they, when Bungie said they were going independent, Phil Spencer tweeted within maybe minutes, within the hour. I mean, it was very, it was very quick and said, I am excited to work on one of my favorite franchises with one of my favorite developers. It was something like that. He used two words that I think are, that I don't want to like read in the tea leaves here. His phrasing was, was interesting working on one of his favorite franchises with one of his favorite developers. It was like, now, wait a minute. What does that mean? Huh? It's a really, really interesting tweet. It's a really interesting tweet. The way he phrased it. So they could, they a hundred percent could. And then guess what you got? You got a dedicated server infrastructure that Microsoft has. You got Microsoft's new platform. You got Microsoft's Play Anywhere. You got Microsoft's Crossplay. It'd be a really, really good partnership. It would. And Sony'd have to play ball. Sony would have to play ball with Crossplay and all of it, or they'd get kind of left out again, like they did with Fortnite, and it would hurt them. It would hurt them. Tralky, do you think that? they will fully integrate all of Destiny 1 content in Destiny 2 like they did with the moon. I don't see how they would do that if they've got limited space. I really don't see how that would be possible. Unless 30 and so gaming's prediction that they, maybe they could start to expand the game more on the new consoles and PC only and they would start maybe doing that in like 2021. Even then, I don't think that's how they've spoken about their technological limitations. It sounds like the game and the engine are limited. It's not like the consoles fault. I'm sure the consoles play a part, but no. Destiny and the new slip space engine. There are people that made predictions about that. The engine that the new Halo is being built in might play very nice in the Destiny world. It might be able to capture the Destiny feel very, very well. You could learn a lot from the people that developed the new Halo. If they were able to build Halo in a new engine and capture the feel of Halo, I think that's a hop, skip, and a jump from the way that Destiny feels. So, I have the Phil Spencer tweet if you want it. Just link it and I'll click on it. I do, I want to read it since we just talked about that. You'll get bopped, but I'll be able to see it. Joski, with 25 months, thank you. Here is the Phil Spencer tweet. Looking forward to a very bright future working with one of my favorite independent studios on one of my favorite franchises. Excited to see how they continue to grow and evolve Destiny. Thanks, Phil. We're humbled by your words. This tweet is just so... There's something here. I'm telling you there's something here. This is calculated, okay? That was at 428. Their tweet was at 405. It took Phil 20 minutes to, to send this. That's calculated, man. That is 100% calculated. As soon as they announce no more Activision, this guy steps in. Now, we know he loves Destiny. We do. We know Phil loves Destiny. So he's got a dog in the fight. 
but the fact that he said he's going to be working with one of the favorite independent studios on one of my favorite franchises consider this Xbox loves working with independent studios with ID at Xbox this tweet seems to indicate a future relationship and I don't know if they're going to lean on somebody this feels like the beginnings of that Um, Papa Trolls how do you feel about adding new elements but not adding them to the classes like Thorn being poison adding elements similar to Borderlands I'm not against this but that doesn't feel like Destiny to suddenly have elements that are not in the game and not in our subclasses that would feel odd Uh, Kinosaurus could they have a a light argument where you could pick perks uh, oh augment a light augment where you pick perks from each element to make a subclass that harnesses all aspects like arc strider with invis dodge this this sounds like this sounds like a nightmare to balance I don't think so many in my friends list are stepping away from destiny as they feel it's simply become a bounty grind what new activities could end this feeling and refresh the game Luke Smith's director's cut is what they should read. He admits that this is lopsided. He wants to reinvigorate core activities. Uh, what will Bungie's response be if none of this happens at all? I, I don't know how to answer your question. What if Warlock or Hunter Grenade was like a poison trap that you could throw on a wall or a floor? That's not really a question. That's just you throwing out your idea. Uh, is it possible Bungie is leaking some of these details on purpose to gauge our interest? We already addressed this idea. I don't think that's what's going on. That 4chan leak was too it was too detailed and far too like, what if this doesn't happen? People are going to be pretty disappointed. I can't see Bungie doing that. Uh, do you think that they almighty crash will happen? And if so, will it affect what happens with the pyramid ships? I have no idea. Uh, Augustine, does the darkness feel like the right antagonist with Savathun out there? As a lore guy, I feel like this is the wrong order, and I've been looking forward to Orcs and Sisters since Taken King. I am with you. I'm with you. Skip it. No, but I'm with you. I think I already kind of answered this. I'm with you. I felt like Savathun was next in line, because the Dreadnought was supposed to come, and they mentioned her in, in Shadowkeep. They mentioned that she's gathering strength, and that when she makes her move, we'll know it. I do. I, I kind of feel like she's next in line and all of a sudden she's not anywhere and the pyramid ships are showing up this summer. It does. It feels out of order to me, but we'll see what happens. It's truds. Do Bungie go off on too much of a tangent exploring a new storyline in seasons instead of leaning into backstory and lore? I kind of have liked how they've done it. I mean, this is preferential, but you know, so I'm not saying this is the right way or the best way, but I've liked it. I've liked the baton pass season to season. It's better than Ada and the Drifter and Callus having literally nothing to do with each other. Swagster. Um, did you see Destiny 2 Salvation leak? Yeah, it, it, I'm pretty sure I got all, it all got shut down and, and debunked. Do you think that they will attempt to charge more than $40 for a whole year? I don't think they'll do that. Forty for I can see 40 for the expansion and then the 60 for the whole year because that's what they did this last time, right? It was if 60 bought you Shadowkeep and then three seasons. What kind of size of DLC do you think we should expect in the fall? Uh, we've already talked about that. I, I, I think it'll be roughly the size of Shadowkeep. I think they're going to try and help it by having it sort of lean on the summer and be almost like a part two to the summer. Um, assuming every weekly reset, the pyramid ships get closer on the solar system board in the bunker. How close will the ships get uh, before the bunkers leave along with this season? I don't know. 
the closer they get, maybe we start doing more with Rasputin in the bunkers. Maybe we start powering up weapons to shoot them down. I mean, it seems like Rasputin's gearing up for this. Big Brex. Do you think that they are going to get rid of a planet? We already kind of addressed this question. I think it's unlikely they will just delete a planet, maybe terraform it, change it, or expand it. Do you think that the darkness subclass could lead up to something like light versus dark PvP in Destiny 3? No, literally no idea. Um, do you think Bungie currently has the ability to pull off another Forsaken in September? Uh, I don't answer questions like that. It's not really a question. Do you feel Destiny 2 became free because Bungie are updating the game for PS5, Series X, more FPS and load time? It becoming free has nothing to do with that. Those are not logically connected. Jeffrey, with them saying that not everything was revealed on the roadmap, I haven't uh, seen any surprises. What surprise do you think are in store? We thought there was going to be a surprise dungeon to get that slug thrower, the Cabal slug thrower, but that got data mined. I guess that's attached to Guardian Games, which is extremely disappointing, but it is what it is. Kim.com, yes, that's him. Yes, he's on my friends list. Um, no. I don't know where he lives. <laughs> uh, I can't see how Destiny players have benefited from Bungie Activision split. Quite the opposite. What are your thoughts? Um, here's where I think we're going to benefit from it. In the immediacy, I think it's hard to detect what we're what we're getting because the differences between these seasons and the last seasons are marginal. I think this season's better than Drifter. I actually thought Season of Dawn was better than Black Armory, but people might see it differently than me, and they might disagree. They might say, well, at least we got raids, right? You got a raid in in Black Armory, and then we got a raid in Opulence. So somebody might see that differently than me and disagree, and that's fine. We can view the seasons differently. So when that happens, that feels like a wash. It's like, well, that's just subjective opinion from the player base and blah, 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 blah. So we kind of cancel each other out. I can't right now point to anything and be like, right here, this is why we're benefiting from this. I think long term we'll see the benefit. I think when the timing and the rhythm is more, it is clearly not being constrained by like, you got to get this out, you got to get this out, you got to get the next game out. I truly think the timing of Destiny 3 is when we get to the place of like, Man, it's good they left Activision. Look how much time they could spend here. Maybe they partner with somebody like we just said with like Microsoft or something. Right now, it's hard to deduce. It's like, I don't know. I've, I don't know. I mean, maybe the timelines and the marketing is better. Is better. Maybe Bungie feels better. If they feel better as a developer, they're more likely to invest in the franchise long term. They didn't seem to like the relationship with Activision. They might not have really wanted to make content anymore. They might have bailed on the franchise. They might have sold the franchise to Activision and just let Vicarious Visions take over. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like, if Bungie's happier, then that gives me hope more than anything. When I read Luke Smith's director's cut and he says, we're no longer asking the question, can we survive on our own? We're now asking the question, where can Destiny go and how do we get there? I don't think we're going to start to deduce, you know, if we're sifting through it right now, the gold nuggets aren't going to rise to the surface. I wouldn't think until either this September or beyond, or really not even until the next game comes out. And that's when we'll know, wow, you know, Destiny 3 didn't land until 2022. There's no way Activision would have let them get away with that. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's why I said when people are like, oh, I wish we still had Activision. I'm like, you got more content with Activision. I won't deny that. We got more raids. We got more stuff. But you also had a constrained Bungie. You had a limited Bungie. 
and I don't know if that's what we want long term. Has it worked up to now? No. Bad D1 launched. Gotta fix it with the DLC. Bad D2 launched. Gotta fix it with the DLC. And then, according to Luke Smith, a delivery rhythm that was unhealthy and they had a hard time maintaining. I, to, me, to me, it's it's really hard to deduce it right now. The only thing we can say is Bungie wanted it and so that's probably a good thing for them. What are we getting as players right now? I I can't give you a laundry list. I really can't. We're continuing to get content. The game's still going. It is noticeably thinner because they don't have VV and High Moon Studios. Is that a cost that we pay now for a better future? Is the question that I have. That's the hope that I have. I would rather right now get a little bit less and get less raids like Crown of Sorrow and and Spire of Stars and Eater of Worlds and Scourge of the Past those are great but I would trade those for a better future I would trade those for a better D3 they're kind of throwaway after a while loot wasn't even that great anyway you had some good exotics but I don't know I would trade content now for a better future 100% 100% cuz I want I want D3 if and when it does happen to truly be the realized vision that they've always had for their game rather than be like, no I want raids, I want more content now and then D3 is rushed haphazard, bad, bumbled here we go again, three strikes you're out, another bumbled launch but is a better future coming that's so up in the air right now as I've said many times I think about this logically I can't see Bungie pulling the trigger on breaking up with Activision if they didn't have like a big vision, big picture, long-term plan to truly put this game where they want it. They would have just lived out the contract and then set this thing set this thing down the river. Why go through all of this if they're not envisioning some big bright future out there where they can truly make the game they want to make? And that's all they've said since. We can, we can truly make the game we want to make. We can truly make the destiny we want to make. You're putting too much trust in Bungie. You're putting too much trust in Activision. Are we done throwing dumb punches at each other? Uh, Philip Lodewey. With the mention of the raid in the leak that's seemingly fake, do you think that the September raid will be on the scale of Last Wish with consequences finishing in the world or something bigger? I don't know. I it, there's no way for me to know. I, that's this is another one of those. Do you think? Do you think? There's no way for me to know that. You think PvP and patrol areas is a good idea? Absolutely not. Terrible. Troll city. It happened to division. I think it's a stupid idea, and it'll, nobody will ever pull it off. I don't think so. Don't even try and tell me division pulled it off because they didn't. It was a joke. It was a freaking griefing troll, awful, terrible thing. It, it, it no, we don't want that in Destiny. Look at what the frick happens to PvP in PvP. Like, Gambit. If Gambit was the PvP PVE experiment, <laughs> we have our we have our answer. Uh, Prem. Other than vendor refresh, what other ways do you think vendors need a quality of life update? I think they should look like an obelisk. I think there should be a seasonal rank, a seasonal grind, seasonal benefits, seasonal rewards that refresh that you level up for. They should look like an obelisk. 
the higher up you go the cooler you get benefits from you know when you're playing crucible or strikes i think they should look like obelisks every season and then you just dump things in there so they're they're fresh and new every season but it's more of like a it's just good structure and scaffolding that gets a gets a fresh coat of paint every uh, every season Gus the Fuss. Does Sweatsicle sharing the leaks on his Twitter help validate these leaks or at least part of it? I don't think he would share something that big unless he didn't think part of it was true. I think Sweat landed on it in two different ways. What, this, Oh, this would be awesome if it's true! But also like, eh, take this with a grain of salt, you know? I don't think he even phrased it in a way that was like, this is true guys! He was like, oh, this would be awesome if it was true, but you know, take this with a grain of salt. And then Ginzor was like, nope, this isn't happening. <laughs> Like almost immediately, Ginzor was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, <laughs> this isn't happening." And uh, people, you know, people were kind of beating him up and being negative, Nancy's. And he was like, "I'm just trying to get excited about the game." You know, what if this, some of this stuff does happen? He literally said, "Grain of salt." Oh, did he? Yeah, I thought he said something like that. Like, take this with a grain of salt. Sweat's not a dummy. He's not gonna read some 4chan post and be like, "That's it, guys. This is happening. I'm getting a tattooed on my arm." You know, getting a tattooed right here, dude. Destiny 2 collapse. Can't wait. Same font, everything. Come on, he's a smart guy. He he was like, oh, this would be awesome, but you know, take it with a grain of salt. Be be more. Wait, is that is that be more the, the the be more from like? Didn't you you got pulled up on stage at Guardian Con? Is that be more the be more? Uh, I'm sure this has been touched on, but do you think that we will ever get an optimized version for consoles with higher frame rates? Yeah, I do. Yep, that's coming on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. We have all but like. Oh, that's B-more 12. Okay, it's a different B-more. Sorry. We have all but confirmation from Bungie this is coming. And two or three twabs ago, they said that the UI on consoles had been updated to match the settings for the display settings on PC. They're, they're already laying the groundwork. Like, they all but said it. Like, they're doing that because PS5 and Xbox Series X, they said for future updates. Well, we know what that is. They're going to update the game on the next-gen consoles and let you have better FOV and FPS. Maybe a slight slider. It looks exactly like PC now. Yeah, they mimicked PC. Why would you do that if you weren't if you weren't doing that, right? They all but confirmed it, in my opinion. Ryhef, when do you think Doritos will strike? Uh, this summer. I think. I think we're getting pretty pretty confident in that prediction super phenomenal with the addition of heavy frame robot during the public event do you think it's possible we could have pets like uh, side dogs us in the future i love the idea of a beastmaster subclass i have a whole video on a beastmaster subclass that ended up in borderlands i'm not saying they copied me but uh i also said there could be twin sirens a boy and a girl and the twin sirens power could be unpredictable like <laughs> somebody somebody at gearbox watched my youtube videos <laughs> like verbatim right out of my videos <laughs> ended up in borderlands 3 i don't expect a royalty check um you know i love beastmaster ideas i loved being a druid in diablo 2 you know i loved having pets that just seems kind of weird in destiny you know summonable stuff you know, what are we, is somebody going to put down a turret next? That just doesn't feel like Destiny. Avin J. If we assume the leaks to be true or partially true, in your view, does this have any impact on the likelihood of us getting D3? I don't feel related, and I think it's pretty much all debunked. 
King Dane. Um, see, I told you. This is not even an I told you so. No. If you go and watch, <laughs> go and watch my Borderlands videos from years ago. Dude, my ideas, like one to one, direct match, ended up in Borderlands 3. It's, yeah, it's a little eerie. It's a little too coincidental. It's called Arc Soul. I, yeah, but Arc Soul's not like a turret, you know? It's a little different. It's also not a dog following you around, you know? Do you think Destiny 2 should follow the Final Fantasy 14 progression and uh, leveling model? I don't even know what that is, so I can't answer. Do you think that the connectivity issues are worse than the cheaters? I don't think so, because cheaters are scum, need to be stopped. Mm, connection issues tend to subside. Um, is there any part of the leak that you want to be true? I'd like a lot of it to be true. Yeah, I already answered that. Uh, OP Ash. What do you think about hard light? I mean, they can disable exotics or so, but they don't do anything about hard light. They're not going to disable hard light because hard light's not glitched and broken. It's just really strong and annoying. There's a difference. So, when do you think that they will get rid of the two versions? Oh, go down to one version of Gambit? I think that'll be in September. I think they're going to clean up the game and try and get some maybe maybe they can get a little bit more space in the game by doing that. Uh, I think that's a that's a September that's a September thing. Yeah. Obey Supreme. Can Siva become a subclass in September? They wanted to use this before. Uh, I don't think they wanted to use it before. No, those screenshots of the subclasses they ended up in the game. The shield, the sword, and the spear. Those all landed in Destiny Two. We have those subclasses now. Dawn Blade, Arc Staff, and the Captain America Sentinel. So, you know what I mean? You should look at MMOs to see what Destiny can take from them. Or, I could ask Destiny to improve their existing systems, because other MMOs are structured completely differently, have subscription fees, have saturation levels, and required engagement levels that don't square with a game like Destiny. I I don't need to go check out other successful MMOs to commentate on Destiny. That's... Any, almost any time I've understood the systems of another game, whether it's Division or Borderlands, and people try to shove that or shoehorn that into Destiny, I'm always like, here's eight reasons why that wouldn't work. So I don't really need to go look at Final Fantasy or World of Warcraft to like extrapolate systems because they almost never, any time I've ever tried that or thought that through or known enough to understand a suggestion, I'm like, no. Would you prefer to see a return of something like the Dreadnought or a completely new planet in the fall ex- uh, expansion? Uh, just want to say thanks for keeping up the positivity in the droughts. I appreciate that. I love the Dreadnought, dude. I don't know. I th- it's such a cool place. The Shield Brothers, a la cool. The, the King's Fall Raid, Court of Oryx. It's such a cool place, dude. It's very nostalgic for me. Taken King as a raid really catapulted me into having a, 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 a career as a broadcaster I it, my bias would be really strong here I'm I'm way more interested in going back to the dreadnought than just some random new planet you give me the choice between like Mars and the dreadnought I'll pick the dreadnought every dadgum time Mars isn't even that interesting as a planet like eh, it's a couple public events and some lost sectors the dreadnought is literally a massive structure and weapon where we fought a god I mean dude go back man go back when that door opens when the flame goes down jet what uh jet geocide genocide now what's deicide 
What's that? What's that mission? Where the fire goes down and lights up the door. It opens. Regicide. Oh my gosh. You're fighting or you're fighting Oryx and like Saturn's in the background and like rocks are drifting by and he's growling and he's hovering. You you can't you that was just that's the that's some of the best destiny. Some of the best destiny. And then we're not even done yet. This guy's like, you killed me. <laughs> no. Takes himself. He takes himself. He becomes the Taken King. He's literally a double entendre. He is the Taken King. And then we have to become Ascendant. We go into the Ascendant realm and we fight this guy. The biggest, the biggest boss in all of Destiny. How could you not want to go back to the Dreadnought? Where do you want to go? Uh, Mars with some public events? An escalation protocol? Pfft. That's a freaking playground, dude. I'm going into the chamber of a god. Bring back the dreadnought, dude. Riven's bigger. Well, in Destiny 1, he was the biggest boss. I know Riven's bigger. That might be debatable, though. I don't know. Riven's really long, but dude, Oryx was freaking a beefcake, man. That was so awesome. Freaking dreadnought, dude. Dreadnought. Would you say you're passionate about this? Oh, dude. I I love I love that time. Taken King was just Taken King was destiny poetry. It was it was it was destiny poetry. It was just the best mixture of everything. We had new weapons, we had new subclasses, we had a new destination, we had a new raid, we had literally the best. The best antagonist in destiny history this homie is just hovering around with these big giant bat wings just what the frick awesome just awesome destiny poetry right there dude nothing's come close nothing's come close now wrath structurally is the best raid rather the machine structurally is the best raid but king's fall is a journey it's an experience that has never been replicated Last Wish comes pretty doggone close. It does. But we were so disconnected from Riven at that point, it doesn't connect as well as 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 Oryx did. Oryx was just this looming threat that you go and you fight. Don't let nostalgia blind you. No, 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 no. Taken King has been and always will be hailed as one of the best expansions in Destiny because it brought so many things. The strikes were better a la cool the shield brothers like these were excellent strikes in comparison to the strikes we had up at that point the mystery the 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 puzzles on the dreadnought court of oryx was just this brand new activity with rotating bosses that was cool it was just oh it was awesome so daunting and so so epic now did it have enduring staying power well, no, that's always Destiny's problem. Always. Always Destiny's problem. That's been their problem since they launched. Is that you're gonna you're a month later you're like, well, what else is there to do now? Because you play it as a day-to-day player. You play it as a week-to-week player. So fingertips on the surface of my mind. I mean, you you don't remember do you remember those moments and those dialogues and stuff from like Gaul? Do you remember no. No. Like even Riven, nah, nah. It's all it's all kind of throwaway. 
There was something special about that time. Now, it could be a bit of nostalgia. It could be a bit of like there was literally nothing the frick going on in the game and this felt like it 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 actually like saved Destiny, right? 100%. 100% could have felt that way. So, the uh the 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 way we view it could be somewhat shaded. I won't deny that, but man oh man, if you give me the choice between some random brand new place in the Dreadnought, I'm picking the Dreadnought every dadgum time. Just it with without hesitation. Um, Skilla Killa, do you think that Bungie should flip the big expansion releases to be June-ish? Uh, so the September releases would kick off a three-season build-up. I don't see a reason to do this. September is a really good time for them, and it's been the pattern is set. You hear or know anything about crossplay in September? Do you think they would even implement it? Well. I honestly don't know how this is possible, homie, because it's peer-to-peer. Sony would have to really step up and play ball. Because peer-to-peer would literally mean the background social infrastructure of Sony would have to be... You'd have to build crosstalk. Like, right now, that's not a thing. You can go to a dedicated server as a Sony player and play on the same dedicated server as somebody on Xbox, but that's not an infrastructure that Sony has to do anything. Sony literally just says, yeah, we can interact with these deadies. That's all they have to do. They don't have to do anything else. You try and get Sony players talking to Xbox players, that background isn't built. That There's no background infrastructure for the Sony social username gamer tags to interact with Xbox. It's not been built. Who's going to build that? Who? Sony ain't going to build it. Why would Microsoft build it? And even if they built it, wouldn't Sony have to build their side and agree to it? You think Bungie's going to build that? No. The only way you get crossplay is with dedicated servers. Rocket League did it first. Give them credit. Rocket League did it first. Fortnite made Sony bend the knee. And now other games that launch with deadies can basically say, yeah, everybody can play together. Dan Papa. What if Microsoft is rebuilding D2 in a new engine to take advantage of the Xbox Series X? I don't think so. No. There's no reason for that, homie. They ported the game to PC. They already have a PC version. They have a high-fidelity version right now. I'm playing it. It's running on your screen. They don't need to... Rebuilding the entire game in a new engine would be in, in, in a massive, massive use of resources. For what? Why would you do that? If you're going to... Listen, think about what you're postulating, Dan. If they were to do that... Why would they not spend all that time and resources building D3 in a new engine? Do you understand? Like, you're <laughs> you're basically making somebody painstakingly copy, like, one painting and being like, here, I did it. Well, it's great that it's bigger and has a nicer frame, but it's the same dadgum painting. Why'd you do that? Like, we want to, if we want the whole new game in a new engine, I'd rather have them spend their resources on that. They already have a high fidelity version that can run on these new systems and get the better FOV and the better frame rate. Dingo baby, do you feel the same activities every week, week in the game? Imagine a rotating pinnacle raid or escalation protocol. We've been talking about this. It got sparked by the sudden interest in the nightfall when the the drops were doubled. And Paul Tassi said, you know, it's it's event oriented. And then I said, this might be why people thought Sundial was kind of lame. It was like a faucet you could turn on anytime you wanted. It was so generous. It was like, yeah, let me just turn on this faucet. Oh, loot. Nothing special about it. I put forth the idea of doing that. Like having one activity a week that is like the place to go for whatever, you know, item you're looking for or exotics or something. 
and then that keeps things fresh like they did during Age of Triumph. Heavy lifted. Do you feel like there would be a balance issues or problems if certain exotics could utilize seasonal perks? I don't think so. We've asked for that for a while. You know, to have them pull in either the artifact mods or like you're saying, Warmind cells. There could be an exotic this season that did it, but they, you know, I don't think that would cause any problems. Wish me a kill. Do you think that we could see Bungie making a huge marketing push considering the pyramid ships seeming are meant for D3? I don't think that we ever really thought... I mean, I thought they were meant for D3. I still think they're the main catalyst to the next game, but like, I don't know if that means they're going to do a big marketing push. Do you think that we will go to Saturn to see Oryx's body? Dumb question. Legitimately dumb question. Sorry. I'm going to be honest with you. Don't submit questions like that. Would the pyramid ships reach Nessus before Titan? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. Guys, just we there's like ninety something questions. Please don't submit questions that are literally just you just being a dummy. Um, I'm not trying to be insulting, but like we killed we killed him in the, in the ascendant realm. He's not laying on Saturn. Uh, Astrid eight. Would Savathun the trickster wait until the pyramid ships arrive to make her play? I said that in my video. I said maybe we'll be distracted with the pyramid ships, and because and because we're distracted with the pyramid ships, she might make her move. Because it said in the most recent strike, we even played it today, I think, she's gathering her power and she won't make him, we won't know her move until she makes it, is what Era says. Um, what if Sabathun's strength is that she's gathering is the darkness, so we get the dreadnought and darkness, kind of the best of both worlds? This isn't really a question, just your own prediction. What do you think about the logical end for the bunker situation is? Uh, either the pyramid ships destroy them or the bunkers become sort of like these missile launching silos to defeat them I honestly don't know Stony, with Grandmaster Nightfalls getting pushback from the community does it seem like Bungie will have forgotten about the lessons learned from Reckoning um again this doesn't feel like a question this just feels like you complaining like doesn't seem like they learned their lessons from Reckoning Reckoning wasn't 12 negative modifiers Reckoning was high saturation of enemies you need to run these exotics it was designed around our power that doesn't feel like what Grandmaster Nightfall is. Grandmaster Nightfall is not designed around our absurd power. Grandmaster Nightfall is designed around making us play something that needs to be min-maxed and slowly run through really tough content. I feel like you're connecting things here that aren't even connected as as they even have on their own assessed the situation. Luke Smith even talked about Reckoning was built around how strong we were. They made us slightly weaker. They lowered some of our power. They lowered some of our exotics. And they don't want to make content like that anymore. I don't feel like Grandmaster Nightfalls is a response to our absurd amount of power. It's, we don't really have another creative way to make stuff challenging right now. Let's just make it painful slow and have lots of negative modifiers. Just a catch 22. Do you think the secret piece of this season will come after Guardian Games? No idea. Mosey, I'm skipping some of these questions that are a little bit more generic because there's so many. Have you some? Have you seen some of the Ordinary Gamer video talking about how much administrative power the Valorant anti-cheat has over your PC? Do you think Bungie will take such an extreme route? Zero clue what they have planned, dude. I don't know. I don't know if they need to go that hard at it, but I think we need front-facing anti-cheat that is installed on your computer. Do you think the triangle ships will take out Titan and IO? We've already had questions about planets getting destroyed. Uh, Forcado. My question about Forsaken was more related to the lore and the story aspect of the game. Should they move more in that direction instead of focusing on new activities? Lore and story does not carry a season. You do it in the first day or week and it's over and done with. I think they've done a pretty good job doing a mixture. Light story. It's like a, it's like a season on top. It's like pepper, salt. You're just kind of seasoning on the top. It's, just, it's there. It's light. 
the pyramid ships, this little scene with Zavala, this little scene with, you know, Anna Bray. I think that's fine. The story missions don't carry a season, dude. I mean, we're, you throw them over your shoulder, they're done. We did that in Rise of Iron. It was just like you played it, two hours later, it's forgotten. And with limited bandwidth, I don't want them spending bandwidth on something that's thrown over our shoulder in the first two hours and never revisited. That's a waste of capital and bandwidth, in my opinion. With the power of the Infinite Forest, would you recreate old raids from D1? We thought they were going to do this. You know, it'd be, a, it'd be a great way to bring back some of the old raids, and then you could have different order raids. Imagine, like, having a Wrath of the Machine opener, and then suddenly you're fighting the Death Singer in Crota, and then suddenly you're fighting War Priest. Like, they could do, like, a, a mix and match. They could do Dark Futures. They could do different versions. It'd be like, this is a Dark Future where you didn't kill Oryx. And it's a different fight. It's a different boss. It's a different drops, but the room and the mechanics are similar. I, I don't know if they're going to do that, though. Zuth, do you think that the new prestige modes for raid exotic catalysts could provide a decent incentive for old raid replayability? Replayability for raids needs completely retooled. That's not enough. Apathetic. Could it be the reason some seasonal content has seemed thin is because Bungie is diverting more resources to bring a much larger fall DLC? This is another question I have no way of answering because I don't work there. We have theorized that's a possibility. They made this season a little bit thinner and shifted people to summer in September. But again, there's no way for me to know that if it's true or not. We've kind of theorized it. Elite Intersect. Did you know that if a cheater who bought this game is banned, can he use the family share option to create a new account and cheat again without buying the game. I have no idea how that works. I'm loco. With the essential retirement of fra- of factions, would you like to see them return? And if you do, how would you like them to be organized? Similar to D1? I think D1, obelisky, yeah. Give them a little bit of an obelisk, maybe some bounties, maybe some frames. I'm sick of bounties and frames. Why, why not? I, just dropping faction loot in the game the way they did, I don't think is the right call. Risky TV. If we get... D2 on the Series X and PS5, what time frame would you expect to get D3? I think D3 is landing no sooner than 2022. I'm pulling for 2023 so they have more time to build it. There's no way it lands in 2021. They're putting in things and changing things this September that isn't needed if the next game lands 2021. Sunsetting would be the best example. I don't think this game's landing any earlier than 2022, and I'm hoping it's later than that. And I know people are like, oh my gosh, that's so long. Yeah, well, I want the next game to be good. Who is Revel? Adding on to the fact that we fell that 60 FPS is, oh, we feel the 60 FPS is coming with the new consoles. What's the likelihood of crossplay? We already addressed the crossplay question. What do you think about the the stability right now on the server side of the game? It's better, but it still needs to be addressed. Atheist boy, do you think enemies like the Fallen should be left out of D3, seeing how we haven't gotten anything from them in D1? I don't have a strong opinion on this. Golden. Do you think PC port for new console could be the p- to port the port another company is working on, like Proving Ground, like VV did before? It's possible. I don't know if they can just take what we have on PC and plug it into the PS5 and Xbox Series X. I have no idea. Prem. How do you think that they can streamline a way to opt into Gambit roles like Reaper and Vader? I don't want to talk about Gambit right now. Sorry. Not interested too long-winded this is this has nothing to do with the topic but you brought up the idea of bungie and id at xbox you think that microsoft would be a big help to bungie's new ip matter it's po- it's possible but they're hiring for that i think i don't that 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 doesn't seem attached that doesn't seem like something that they would do the matter game is going to be like a mobile game or something i think nicholas 
Would you like to see Europa in the near future? Don't care. Since when did the fanbase believe 4chan leaks so easily? Not a question. Thanks for wasting all of our time. We already said that it's probably not true. That's the final and one of the worst questions of the day. You win the award. Just kidding. Like, seriously, that's not really a question, buddy. Um, it, nobody was really believing them. I think the community lacks on to leaks. I think the community lacks, you know, latches on to leaks when not much is going on. And it sounded good. It did. It sounded good. But we immediately dispelled it, debunked it. I debunked it. I didn't, you know, as soon as I read it, I thought, nah. And then the photo looked so fake. So the community really didn't buy into this. I think there was maybe a day, have a day where people were like, I don't know. And then the more they looked at it, they're like, nah, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. So that's plenty of questions probably more than I should have answered if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can probably catch me live right now at say no to rage.com and as always please like share and subscribe